0: With a look back over the weekend sport action, this is Full Time
1: on KCLR. A very good evening one and all. How are we on this Monday evening the 25th of September? God it's hard to believe the weeks are flying. We're nearly heading into October already but what's not slowing down is the sports end of things because there was much sport even rather on over the weekend. We are going to start things off with golf and more good news for Gordon Park Golf Club over the weekend. We're going to be chatting to one of the participants of that in a moment's time. Willie Quinlan will be joining me little bit later on to discuss all things with Carlo football. Eight-time All-Ireland winner Aidan Taggy-Fogarty will be having a chat about the Kilkenny hurling scene and we will also announce this week's Electric Player of the Week and we'll have a couple of interviews in between that as well. But first of all, we are going to go to the phone lines and I am delighted to be joined on that We had her mam on last week, Helena McCormack. She was part of the four ball that won an All-Ireland title and this week her daughter is going to join me and that is Orla McCormack. Orla, how are you this evening? not too bad marking yourself sure, we cannot complain at all at all because any day you bring back an All-Ireland title to Kilkenny it's a very good day and it certainly was two in a row for yourselves yourself and your mum was part of the team that won the very first AIG Women's Intermediate Cup All-Ireland title one week after winning the Revive Active Women's 4-ball that was on the week previous and of course Orla and her mam was part of both of those teams so Orla congratulations fantastic weekend for yourself your ma'am and for all the team, so we know what the four ball was your ma'am explained it very well last week to us so tell us what the Intermediate Cup uh, entailed over the weekend again was it part of a one day event or was it a two day event like the four ball uh,
2: well Intermediate Cup is singles so it's one versus one Um, which shots given. So the intermediate uh, category goes from 13.0 up to 20.0. So you give shots depending on what end of the the spectrum that you're on. Um, We went up to Westport, um, which was a fair old journey up, to be fair, on Wednesday evening. because our practice was on Thursday and our our men actually were out in the Jimmy Bruin semi-final on Thursday. So we actually got to to walk around and support them before doing our own practice. And uh, they were fortunate enough to win their semi-final. So they were out on Friday as well. Um, our semi-final was on Friday um, up in Westport against Port Salon from Donegal, who were a formidable opposition, I must say, um, which made it very, very difficult for us, which really prepared us for Saturday morning. Um, the weather conditions down Friday were, were lovely in comparison to Saturday. Saturday it got a bit wet and uh, windy. A few phone calls were made all right uh, Thursday morning to home to supporters who were coming up for extra layers of clothing to be brought up for us um, on for Friday.
1: Certainly wanted.
2: Um, yeah, definitely. The trees don't go straight in Westport, they grow sideways, <laughs> depending on where the wind is growing. Um, but um, yeah, so Saturday was, we were out against uh, Portumna, of Galway. Um, we started off in, in lovely conditions, a little bit windy. But by the time we were around halfway through now, the, the heavens had opened and it got very, very cold and very wet very, very quickly. Um, luckily enough, we kind of, we we started off very well um, on the Friday and on the Saturday. We got off to great, great starts um, and everybody had played some very, very good golf. Um, we had five of us uh, on the team. So we had myself, um, Ashling. Uh, my man, Helena, uh, Ashley Booth and Lottie Booth, uh, with our two subs, Anne Mullins and uh, Maura Coe. And that was our panel of seven, and our manager, Sinead Kearney, was following us all around in a buggy, making sure we were all okay and had everything that we needed. Um, then on, on Saturday, we had two fairly comprehensive victories, thank, thanks be to God, and I got the the third one and Ashley followed me in straight away for the fourth that was really between us to to who was going to get the, the clincher.
1: And you both had uh, big wins in that. Sorry, in. sorry for cutting across you there, because obviously you won your match fairly comprehensively as well, um, and Ashley then came along at the end of it to win the points. And hers was really convincing with a five and four win. And for anyone out yeah. there that's not used to the golf, a five and four means that you're five up with only four holes to play. So obviously that's that it, was yeah. a very big win. Yeah, it was a great yeah, she finished win.
2: Finished on the 14th earlier. she managed to uh, to. To avoid all the hills, we were saying that the first uh, 10 or 11 holes for anyone who hasn't played Westport, they're quite flat. um, So they're not too bad to walk. But once you pass pass 11 and you go 12, 13, 14, 15, you're starting to go up into what we were calling over the weekend mountain boat territory, um, up and down hills with winds to beat the band. Um, I must say that the 12th hole in Westport for anyone who hasn't seen us is an absolutely fabulous hole, Uh, 199-yard par 3. For, for the ladies and I think it's 230 or 240 yards for the men downhill looking out over Clue Bay uh, fabulous
1: it? Yeah it sounds like a fabulous course all right obviously as I did say earlier on, your mum was also there with you she was part of the team and taking part in it and you were taking part in the four balls as well um, the weekend previously that you won that event so how nice is it to be actually taking part and doing a sport that both of you love so much and being able to go out and compete together
2: well, Martin, as you know from the pair of us, they're two of the most competitive people you'll ever meet and it, it gets uh, it gets very, very competitive now in a weekly competition if the two of us are out and going together and who's going to beat who and uh, it's great to actually be able to, to be out with her every, you know, nearly every week now but sure, we haven't had a lot of time now to be out together recently because we've been off taxing for different events and different teams and bits and pieces but uh, I look forward to getting back to just the normality of the, the weekly competitions now and you know, getting back to playing a bit of golf in Gorn, where we're actually supposed to be playing all the time, kind of. So uh, that's great. It's great to be able to play with Mum and you know Adam, my husband plays, and you know Dave, my brother, trees, and my aunt. A whole lot of us play out in Gorn. So it's great to be able to play with your family on a kind of a weekly or a bi-weekly or monthly basis or whatever it is
1: Yeah and it's a lovely course there the only thing that I'm glad is I'm not the referee or the rules official in the middle of yourself or your mum competing in any kind of sport whatsoever because I know who would win and I'm not saying it live on air who that's going to be
2: (laughs) Well Martin you've had a few dealings with me now over the years and I've had a few dealings with you (laughs) you and I don't think either of us have come out
1: and top (laughs) <laughs> uh, all in good spirit and good fun, though, as oh, well, Orla. Yeah. Um, listen, congratulations to yourself, your ma'am, all the team there as well on two fantastic weekends. It's great to have All-Irelands coming back to Kilkenny. Great for Gordon Park Golf Club and, I you know, Eddie Scally and all the team out there are really delighted as well over the last two weekends. Um, and it's great to be able to put golf on the map and the course out there. It is beautiful. And if anyone hasn't got a chance to go play it, we really do recommend it. Like other courses oh, around. Be but
2: We have our... We have our fundraiser, as, we, as Mam was saying there last week. So we have our fundraiser on the 6th, 7th and 8th and there's, there's plenty of spots available there for anyone who wants to come out. And uh, to show their hand there in Goran, there's you know, loads of spots available for anyone who wants to come out.
1: Well, tell us about that. How can you go about booking a T-slot for that uh, um, you fundraiser? Can go,
2: you can book it anyone who's on BRS. You can book it on the BRS online for any, anyone who plays golf. Or if you, if you don't, you can ring uh, Anne-Marie in the, in the office in Goran Park. And uh, she'll be happy to book uh, your slot for you
1: perfect. Well, it sounds like it could be uh, a fantastic fundraiser and hopefully the weather will pick up. I know it's not supposed to be great for this weekend, but hopefully uh, when you get to go out and play your fundraiser, that it will be a little bit better. Orla McCormack, thank you so much for joining me on Full Time this evening. Again, once again, congratulations to you all the ladies there in Gorham Park and to Gorham Park Golf Club as well on two fantastic weekends and hopefully there'll be many more to come in the future as well. But for the rest of your Monday evening, enjoy it and once again, thank you so much for joining us here on Full Time.
2: Thank you very much, Martin, and I'll speak to you soon.
1: Perfect. Appreciate that. That was Orla McCormack there having a chat with us from Gorham Park Golf Club. Another great victory for the ladies out there. As I said, their first ever AIG Women's Intermediate Cup title, which was pre-deceased or pre- uh, follows I suppose what word am I looking for I don't know I'm tongue tied here at the minute but they have won the revive active women's four board the week previous to that so two All-Irelands in two weekends fantastic for everybody there right I have a quick break to take don't go anywhere when we come back we are going to be discussing all things Carlo football with Willie Quinn that's coming up shortly
0: with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahard's, The home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny Hearts, Volkswagen.ie.
1: The Euro Millions Mega Draw is back And it's pretty big It's actually massive Tonight,
3: the Euro Millions jackpot will be a guaranteed 130 million euro
0: It's just too big to miss The National Lottery It could be you Play responsibly Play for fun your Monday night sports show, full time on KCLOR with Martin Quilty.
1: Yeah, welcome back into full time with myself, Martin Quilty, on this Monday evening. Right, we're going from golf. I should have mentioned, though, congratulations to Team Europe. They retained the Solheim Cup with a 14 14 tie against the USA over the weekend. And I was watching some of it, and Leona Maguire, have to say, unbelievable. Her eagle putt on the 14th to get the first blue on the board for Team Europe over yesterday's um, event just unbelievable and we're all waiting of course for the Ryder Cup to start this Friday coming I can't wait for that either something that Willie Quinlan can't wait for either is the senior football final which is going to be coming up at the weekend because there was plenty of semi-final action over the weekend and Willie joins me right now Willie how are you this evening very good Martin it was horrendous conditions over the weekend, but the football wasn't half bad. To be fair, there was two uh, intermediate semi-finals that was played in Dr. Colin Park or Netwatch Colin Park, as it is now known, on Saturday, and Clonmore coming away with one of the victories, and St. Patrick coming away with the other victory in that one. So they will face one another in the intermediate final now coming up at the weekend. Uh, what was the football like in both of them, really?
4: Yeah, some very good football. Actually, it was involved, I was involved in the the aero Pat's game and the the, the first round on Saturday. And aero I suppose you could say we didn't turn up. Um, a little bit of luck that we didn't have on the day, but uh, St. Pat's fully deserved their their, their win. And um, they got two goals in the first half, at uh, I suppose the right time, which put them going into half time nine points up and uh, they never really looked back aerog ended up scoring 111 but unfortunately conceded four goals and, and eight points and it's the goals that that really killed aerog and you can't give away that many goals in a game and expect to win it so saint pat's uh, first game deserved winners and they push on and they will meet uh, clan who turned over grange in the in the second game very exciting game very close game um lots of Lots of frees. Shane McGrath scored six points from frees. John Murphy, on the other side, scored five. So it was a thing of fives, uh, five frees against six. But uh, Clanmore just about held on in the end. Grange had two or three chances when the game uh, they were losing by a point and couldn't take any of their chances. They had a couple of wides, um, and Clanmore came down the field and ended up getting the free. Popped the ball over the bar, and uh, the, the game ended up uh, ended that way. Ushing Dial scoring one-one from full forward. He's been missing a, a lot of football in the last year. It would have been a big loss to Clanmore. Um, loads of pace, loads of power. Started off really well. Got a fantastic goal, and that really set up Clanmore for their victory.
1: I suppose, Willie, really looking at it, I mean, Oak had two teams taking part in the intermediate and the senior football semi-finals over the weekend. Like, for a club to be putting two teams in and partaking in the highest level as well and getting to the, the knockout stages, I mean, it would have been great to have the two teams, I suppose, there for both of the finals. But how important is it that, uh, you know, both the teams are doing well for a club like Oak
4: yeah you know it's it's so important because they they actually have a tour team a, a junior team that's in the final next weekend as well uh, lots of young lads we started off with i think 11 19 year olds there on saturday so the experience they're after getting over the year can only stand to them in the next next uh, coming years and they won the they won the league earlier on in the year so to get to a semi final and uh, to be competing at that level you know it's it's exceptional and then obviously our senior team the the following day. Lots of young guys as well coming on. So things looking bright for for the club and uh, really looking well for the young lads going forward.
1: Well, it certainly is. And I'm just actually looking now that uh, Aero Og are indeed taking part in the Junior B final, which will be part of a doubleheader this Sunday coming. And that game is on at two o'clock in Netwatch, Colin Park. Uh, It says here on the Twitter account, it's against Aska. Uh, Gaelic football club in Carlow, so great for both of those teams to be partaking part in it. That's going to be the precursor, Willie, really, obviously, to the senior football final that's going to take part place, um, and that is between Tin Royland and Era Oag Tin Royland, their second year in the final, obviously Palatine Betum last year. We know now Palatine are in the relegation final, unfortunately for them, but they're up against Era Oag in the senior final, and both semi-finals. I suppose you could say was a bit like chalk and cheese at the weekend one of them was a very low scoring in a game the other one then had all the drama that you're going to tell us all about towards the end of it but let's start with Tin Ryland and Gales first.
4: Yeah two totally different games uh, you're dead right Martin uh, a scoreline of 8 points to 3 uh, Tin Ryland, yeah, really really defensive but very good structure well well able to stop teams from scoring and that's, that's what they look to do and we said in commentary yesterday they don't mind uh, you know, if we're looking at a bad game, as long as they're true to another county final, which they are, their second county final in a row, you'd have to say, you know, Paul Broderick is still their go to man. He's still clocking points over from freeze and from play. He scored five points uh, yesterday. Conor O'Toole dig- digged in one and Dermot Walsh uh, scored the other two. Uh, so, you know, sometimes it's very difficult to watch, uh, very hard uh, for a neutral to come and actually say, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go and have a look at the semi-final because we know at this stage their plan has been for the last three years to set up a defensive structure, try and catch teams on the break, and the likes of Dermot, Dermot Walsh and uh, obviously, obviously um, Paul Broderick. They're they're a prolific scorers. They're well able to get their own scores. They're able to win their own ball, and that's what they have been doing for the last two or three years. And it has been working for them. albeit you know. T- two different games compared to the, the second game we were looking at but Tinryland will be really really happy with their their performance they only allowed Bagnestone to score three points um, Bagnestone were well in the game and could have got a goal and if they had a got a goal it could have changed the whole game ended up a great block on the line ended up going out for a 45 which Patrick McDonald put over the bar but when you get three points in the game you possibly don't deserve to to win it and Bagnastone Gales have had a great year but they just bowed out yesterday in the semi-final
1: the weather conditions were certainly atrocious over the weekend. Well, I know they were here in Kilkenny for all of the hurling that was on over the weekend. I probably am assuming it's going to be the same for the football in Carlo. We had a couple of low-scoring hurling games in Kilkenny as well. Then we had a couple of high-scoring games. So really, the weather can't be blamed for all of the, the badness, I suppose, that maybe you're watching or maybe some of the low-scoring as well. But it certainly sounded like the Tin and, um had a game plan and they stuck to it. And then you move on an hour or so then afterwards and you have Era Oag and Ratvilly taking on one another two great rivals two previous winners of the senior football as well and we knew this one was going to be close Willie but did we ever expect that it was going to go to a penalty shootout and then to sudden death?
4: Do you know, Martin? It was one of the most exciting games that I've been involved in. It. Don't get me wrong. Some some bad football, some poor football, some mistakes. Uh, guys slipping all over the place. You know the handling wasn't great. Both defenses seemed to be on on top. At one stage, it looked like uh, Rathfyllie were actually steamrolling Ayr. Um, Ayr were lucky to had a penalty at the start, which Adam McCarran dispatched really, really well. But only a point from Dara O'Brien was was her only score in, in the first 30 minutes, where Raffili had scored nine points, I think seven points maybe on the trot. Con- Connor Dial really, really playing well, scored four points. Kevin Murphy scored three. Liam Gavin popped up with two frees. So it looked like at half time, even though Aero were turning around to play with the wind, that they had all their, their work cut out. They were still only three points down, so it wasn't. It wasn't a thing that it was over, but Raffili only scored a point in the second half and Darrow Bryan ended up with seven points from freeze. But I suppose from one aspect of it, Bryan, seven points from frees, um, Adam McCann with the goal, so they hadn't scored from play. So the game ended up a draw, one seven to ten points, and we went into extra time, which Raffili really stepped up again and got the first two scores. And it looked like if they defend really well at this, uh, they're going to keep Aero out of the game because Aero played with the wind in the first half couldn't get the scores but got two points to level the game in the second part of extra time but then what was to come was just incredible it went to penalties which nobody wants to see anybody vote on penalties Martin but it looked like rafili were going to win on penalties they scored their first three Airog had scored one and missed two penalties uh, Daryl O'Brien took the first one for Aerog and cramped up just as he about to kick it he kicked it well but it hit the, the post and just went out to the right uh, Robbie, Robbie Malloy making two great saves after that but then coming into the last which I had said on, on the, actually on the radio I would have put my house on uh, Brandon Kelly from Scorn because I've seen him as a juvenile playing soccer all up through the years he could have played with my youngest guy Ronan and he, he'd be a guy that had a great strike of a ball uh, lovely penalty taker and, and definitely but when I think back now he played 80 minutes of football um, he's he's a young guy, he's only 19, uh, it was a physical game, so obviously it sapped the energy out of him and he uh, he, he missed the penalty. Uh, Johnny Fury ended up saving three penalties in a row to bring Airog back into it and then up steps uh, Josh Brady, another 18-year-old. Uh, he'd scored his, his earlier penalty but he stepped up to take the, the first in sudden death and he just dispatched it. I don't think if there was two keepers in it that would have saved it but the excitement from the ARO crowd when they looked like it was gone and then they were back in then they looked like it was gone and then they won it again on penalties but you have to your heart has to go for Rafilli and the Rafilli players and the supporters because it's a shocking way to lose any uh, county semi-final
1: yeah, to be the same, If to be the county final as well, you know, you'd often wonder with the schedule and around and because there's not much happening uh, I mean, for yourselves, when the, the champions are there and you're coming along and waiting to partake in the Leinster Championship that maybe a replay would have been the fairest result or something that way but look, that's for a different day's debate that's for not us, for us to deci- decide this evening, Willie, but um, yeah, you're dead right, look, it's a horrible way to, to end, but for yourselves um, a great way to go through into a county final and as we say, Aira Og and uh, Tin Ryland will now play in the final um, this coming Sunday. And no doubt it's going to be a great game between the two as well.
4: Yeah, no doubt it's going to be. I mean, Tim Ryland are really, really excited, really happy after being in the final last year. I'm sure they're after learning from last year. They ended up losing by two points. I think they had a chance at the end to level the match. Didn't quite take it. Broderick had maybe another chance of a free he didn't take that either, and Pal went down the field and put them two points up, and they ended up winning. Just maybe the experience of Pal after winning, you know, a couple of their guys would have been involved in winning championship over the years. And I can't, I can't think of any Tynroland man that's on was on the field there yesterday or on the bench that has a senior championship medal. I think it's something like 40 years since they've won uh, at senior level, so it's probably a bit, a bit of an experience of last year. But they would have learned a lot from that have that experience of playing. They say you have to lose one to win one, but um A Rogue, they're still there, they're still in with a the chance. They have some very uh, big players there and you know, Jordan Morrissey, Colin Holton, you know, Ross Dumpy, uh, Benny a huge exper- experience he has, Sean Gannon. So they're not gonna go down without a, a fight ever. The only the only thing you'd have to say With the game that Aero played yesterday and going into extra time and they picked up a couple of injuries, there's not enough time to recover again in a a week. So that'll really test their panel next weekend. But really, really looking forward to a great game on, on Sunday
1: well there's four great games to take part or to look forward to I should say on Sunday Uh, it's going to be a doubleheader first of all on Saturday evening with the Junior A final between the Fighting Cox and the Nave Mowling that has a 4.30pm throw in start with the intermediate football final following on immediately afterwards at half past six and that is between Clonmore and St Patrick those are a doubleheader in Netwatch Cullen Park and tickets are available at the grounds but you are asked to please arrive early uh, and on time, and to avoid congestion, uh, and especially with a lot of traffic around as well. And then on Sunday we have another double header from Netwatch Colin Park with the Junior B football final of Aska taking on Era Og at two o'clock, and that will be followed by the Senior football final of Tin Royland versus Era Og also a double header in Netwatch Colin Park again. And the ger- and team and the team in uh, Netwatch has been on to us to make sure that you get your tickets early at the grounds. They can be got uh, at the ground do Come early as well And we will have both The intermediate And the senior football finals Live with ourselves Here on KCLR Over the weekend Willie Quinlan Thanks as always For joining me here On full time On this Monday evening Enjoy a festive Of football finals At the weekend And no doubt We'll be chatting to you again On Monday evening To see whether Era Og Is going to be Celebrating Or whether it's Tin Ryland. But no doubt It's going to be A great football game One way or another And you're going to really Look forward to it No doubt
4: yeah, just before you go there, Martin, there's an even bigger, I suppose, for the two clubs that are involved. On Friday night, we're actually covering the relegation final between Fenna and Palantine. That's going to be a ding-dong of a battle. And uh, if, uh, as we say, I know it's a relegation, but both clubs looking to stay up. And Palantyne will be a long time I'd say since they were in a relegation battle. But Fenne won't won't go away easy. It'll be a difficult match for both teams. And uh, it'll be covered on KCLR as well, fr- Friday
1: night. No, you're dead right. Sorry, I missed that one. I had the the email pulled up, but yes, the Michaeline Motors Carlo Senior Football Relegation Final between Palatine and Fenna, eight thirty p.m. in Netwatch Cullen Park, Friday. And Willie is dead right. That will also be covered with ourselves here on KCLR. Willie, enjoy the rest of your Monday evening, and we will chat to you again next Monday, no doubt, and see who are going to be the county champions for football in Carlow.
4: Lovely. Thanks, Martin. Thank you.
1: Perfect. Good man. Thanks, Willie. That is a pleasure, as always, having a chat to Willie Quinlan. Right. When we come back, we are going to hear from Tin and captain. uh, That is Shane Redmond. And straight after that, then, we'll be hearing from the Kilkenny side of things with the Hurland, because we are going to have eight-time All-Ireland winner Aidan Taggy-Fogarty on the line with us. And that's coming up. It's up. Don't go anywhere.
0: Full time on KCLR with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Herds, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny laheartsskoda.ie Looking back over the weekend action full time on KCLR with Martin Quilty Yeah, delighted
4: to be joined by Shane Redmond Shane, firstly conditions not ideal for football but sitting right in there,
5: back in the county final That's it, that's uh, the only one job of a semi-final is to make sure you get through to the final and it probably wasn't pretty. It wasn't a, it wasn't an expectator sport today, but we got the job done. Um, just backed our system, and we, we knew exactly what we had to do. We felt we were in fairly well control of it. Um, although, Magnuson will probably say they, they shot fairly poorly, um, particularly in the second half there. But, you know, against, against, uh, against that wind, you know, it's uh, shooting from... From a bit out, you know, it's probably what what we wanted at the same time. So uh, just delighted to be back there, yeah. Yeah, conditions weren't ideal for either side today,
4: but saying that that second half of football by both teams, you know, you could feel the atmosphere coming in from the stand, the supporters, you know, everyone. It was just a end to end stuff, given great great spirit
5: by both sides. Yeah, I think. I'm still trying to work out what way the wind was actually going in that match because I don't. We couldn't figure it out. It seemed to be chopping and changing for the whole match. But uh, yeah, it was proper, proper championship football in the second half, right where you want to be. It was on a bit of a knife edge. Uh, crowd were, crowd were getting into it. Um, proper championship football I thought in fairness John Hickey referee I thought he had a brilliant game let, just let you know let, let enough go to make it competitive to make it physical that's the game that we want when we're in championship semi-finals. you know so I thought he had a, a great game to be fair to him I suppose after the game it's very hard to say what went well and didn't go well because it's the kind of a game in those
4: conditions you're just going out there to try and get over the winning line
5: that's it yeah that's it I think I think we were fairly patient um and, you know, we got the likes of of Paul on the ball right when he right when he needed to be on the ball, coming around in the loop, and he, he got a couple of scores. We won a couple of frees, and uh, yeah, I just think it, it went went fairly. You know, I suppose as much according to plan as you as you can ask for on a day like that. You know, you're always going to have mistakes. You're always going to be bits and pieces are going to go against you but, um, but yeah just, just just delighted now
4: yeah and as you said Paul was inspirational with those scores today you always need someone to stand up and he took some tremendous uh, scores there today
5: exactly yes you know, better man like he's he's been doing it for so long um, and it's just it gives the rest of us great encouragement when you're out of field and we see him knocking over a couple of frees that were not easy, not easy on a calm day, and definitely not easy on a day like today. Uh, and and to, to add a couple from play then as well, uh, just just brilliant, you know. Back in the county final, it means a lot to you all? Ah, brilliant. Uh, it was like, you know, obviously extre- extremely disappointed last year after the county final, um, but it, at the same time, it was our first one in. I think it was a, was it eleven years or whatever it was, so. You know, to make a habit of it, go again this year. It's brilliant. You know, you might have to knock a couple of times on the door before you get through. So, just hoping now we we'll go out and watch this next match and uh, and see who we're playing and uh, and then bring it on next Sunday. Well, the very best to look in that county final next Sunday. Thanks very much, Appreciate it. Thank you. Super. Thanks, Amelia.
1: That was Tin Ryland captain there, Shane Redmond, and no doubt he's going to be really looking forward to the game on Sunday against Era Oak. Right, we're going to turn our attention to all things on the hurling front, which was busy over the weekend because there were ten live games in total, six hurling, four football, and Everybody in the sports team was out on their feet to bring you all of the coverage, and it certainly did work out well for everybody. And one of those that was out at the weekend, he kept himself as dry as possible, was a time All-Ireland winner Aidan Taggy Fogarty. Taggy, how are you this evening. Martin,
3: how are we doing? I'm uh, a little bit drier this evening than it was uh, over the weekend. <laughs> but, uh, <yeah. laughs> as you said, conditions were uh, atrocious over the weekend, so fair play to everybody uh, getting out and getting
1: games in. Exactly, well I suppose we were lucky enough, we were able to use the stand in Nolan Park yesterday and we had the OB unit out then as well on a Saturday evening unlike the poor hurlers who had to stay out in it, but it certainly was a festive of hurling weekend because there was lots of games on uh, over the weekend as we said. So let's start with the park for the Shield and the Senior League Finals that took place on Saturday. I suppose one won't be expecting the scoreline between O'Loughlin Gales and James Stevens. O'Loughlin's really going on a goal fest in that one and coming away and beating their city rivals on a fairly decent scoreline.
3: Yeah, no, to the big result uh, for O'Loughlin, but um, look, I, I think everyone is kind of Looking for a championship, uh, Martin. Um, I'd say the village probably rested a few players, uh, by all accounts. And uh, you know, um it depends on their attitude in terms of how to prepare for the game. Um, I think look, you're in a you're in a shield final, the big thing there is anyone with knocks or niggles you're gonna rest and uh, you you're preparing for a championship at the end of the day and you don't want to pick up any knocks or niggles either. So look at the end of the day, figures up for lockers, but we wouldn't read into it too much.
1: I suppose when you look at that though another way I mean if you have your biggest rivals especially like two city teams between O'Loughlin's and James Stevens, the last thing that you really wanted to do either is get a fairly decent trimming in any kind of a game when you go out especially then when you're going into the knockout stages yes they were missing players but is it going to be difficult now to try and get James Stevens up for the game at the weekend would you think?
3: I don't think so, Martin. I think uh, I think James Stevens are you know a seasoned team. Uh, they're obviously in the county final last year. I think I think they're confident to know, uh about their own about their own ability. And you know it depends how they even prepare for the match. How they talk during the week about it, like was there much sessions where they even talk about a lot, you know all this kind of feeds into the build up to it. So, look for me, I think James Stevens are always a, a championship team, and um, you know they were actually went poor in the league last year as well, and then they up in the county final, and I think they're in a relegation semi final, I think it was. You're spot on, yeah. Yeah, so uh, look, I I think they're they're just going in for a championship. It's all about championship for James Stephen. So I don't think it'll have an effect on them coming into the weekend. But on the flip side, it is a boost for Lachlan It depends how they're prepared as well, of course. Um, you know, obviously Brian Hogan's is in charge, so. I say he's shrewd enough to, to know that look at the big results, but uh, there's bigger fish to fry uh, come come next weekend. And good results, get a good vibes together. As long as they came out on skates and no injuries, that's that's the big thing.
1: The other game then, obviously in Nolan Park on Saturday, was Dixborough and Glenmore in the league final. Another league title for Dixboro. Uh, Glenmore. We'll be delighted, I suppose, first of all, to get to the league final um, against Dixborough. It was always going to be a tough one. But still, they'll take confidence of their performance over the weekend going into the game now against Venice Bridge.
3: Yeah, I think uh, I think Linmore will be absolutely delighted with their performances uh, this year. Um, I'm not too sure if they would have expected to be in a league final. Uh, they were definitely in bonus territory um, I, as I said already about the previous game I think the loss of that is not that big big of a deal um, they would like to win it all the same you know Glenmore hasn't been uh, picking up trophies at the senior grade in a long time so I think they would have liked to win it um, if, if it went well for them uh, but obviously you know, being in the league final for them I think it was, a, it was a big trait and uh, yeah they would be delighted with their performances um, all league and um, you know they'll be, they'd be welcome to go in against Venice Bridge uh, the weekend um, you know I don't think they'll fear them at all uh, I was at the bridge match uh, they were very good um, that's the other thing. So look, any of the teams that are left are going to take beating anyway. Um, you know, even even Dicksburg in the league final, they won the league final. They've been the team of the, of the league so far. Uh, it's all about championship, and that's the that's the thing with Dixborough Now we know how good they are. Uh, we know what type of hurlers they have. Uh, they picked up a, a league final. They're in league finals before, but they need to push on now and try and win a championship. I think, and uh, I think that's where their heads will be at.
1: Well, let's stay with that first round game because obviously it was the second one that yourself and Ronnie was doing yesterday and that was the meeting of Bennetts Bridge and Tullerone. And again, that took place in Nolan Park and Bennetts Bridge coming away with the victory. Uh, what was the match like? Because I know the weather conditions weren't the best yesterday, but were the bridge uh, value for their win, I suppose you could say?
3: Uh, they were, Martin, yeah. And look, you have to go back to the conditions now were and atrocious. Um, so 3-10 Tullerone, uh Bennetts Bridge 5-12, so an 8-point win. But, but even if you look at the score, like there's 13 scores or 17 scores, so like the, the weather conditions was was very very poor. Uh, but for the bids, they were absolute value for the money. Uh, they played very well. Um, I, I think they're they're a big strong team, and they, they made a little bit of a statement uh, yesterday. I think you know Norman would have said that they would have bet on their own by eight pints in the first round of, of a championship. You know, so it was a really good statement. Um, you know, a couple of players stood out. Liam Blanchfield, uh, Martin was exceptional, uh, three goals and two pints from play. He's often been flying home from Australia. Uh, he was a big, big asset. He was an outlet to him. He, they were playing long balls and square to him. He won most of them. He created an awful lot. You know, Casey Law gave him man of the match as well. So he he was a massive addition. But all, all true, they just played a really good brand to Harland. Uh, the Blanchfields in general Kevin Blanchfield and Dave Blanchfield played very well as well uh, there was a good mix uh, a good vibe as well and look they drove the, the 14 wide you know Nicky cleared up a lot of threes um, wide and that'll tell you because the, the, Nicky does he's, he's, he's absolutely brilliant on threes that'll tell you the conditions and the wind and, and the rain and, and, what, and what else so uh, I think they were they were very good and, and look on the flip side Tottenham would be very disappointed um, you know they never got into gear at all um, I just felt and it was unlucky for maybe the conditions on the day didn't suit Tullerone's pattern of the play. They were trying to play through the line, trying to play a short ball. They pulled out their half forward line right into midfield. They were leaving one or two up into the full forward line and it was just breaking down Due to the conditions, in terms of missing touches, drops, ball, uh, balls dropping, and, and losing their feet, you know, it just didn't suit their their, their, um, their game plan at all. But look, for me, Ben and Bridge were full value for money, and they made a statement. And the, I can see if they if they, they can go a long way in the League, I feel.
1: Well, let's stay with Nolan Park because you and I was there for the first game yesterday and that was Clara and Greg Ballycallan And I suppose you could say that this was one of the strangest games in a way that we were looking at because, you know, Greg Ballycallan were probably on top for the majority of the game and then a silly mistake, I suppose you could say, nearly cost him the game in the end but luckily enough for them, it didn't.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think the, the quality of Hurling... Um, wasn't exceptional and as I said not to be harping on about conditions but yeah the quality of it wasn't exceptional Uh, but I think the excitement Martin it it had it all Um, no Greg Vallecallon won 18 Clara won 14 four pints in the difference but really for me I thought Greg Vallecallon were by far the better team I said they won by four pints but they gave away an own goal by Richie Keown and I I don't mind I don't like mentioning players but uh, he gave away the goal but Richie Cohen for me was one of the best players on the field at wing back. He he had a brilliant game and, and these things happen in matches. I, I've never seen an own goal myself <laughs> live in hurling, and I was talking to yourself I don't think you have either. No I haven't
1: no. Even refereeing a umpire and I've never seen him going in.
3: I've never seen it and he just I just explained to explain it for him he kind of went to p- pass the back with the bat with the hurl and just kicked it up too high and the keeper actually came out Kieran Hine came out to get a hand pass and it just went over his head and, and just dribbled in but to be fair to him look they never looked Billy Ryan got the next ball and put it over the bar and I have to mention Billy Ryan he was absolutely brilliant in midfield but but all over I thought Greg Balachalan uh, in the middle third uh, the Tom Dunphy Richie Joan already mentioned Billy Ryan Jeff Narry Tommy Ronan these guys really stepped up and I, and I just felt the injection of youth in Grey Ballycallan this year really made the difference. You know, uh, Aaron McAvoy, three points in the corner there from play. Ryan Corkin didn't score but he was still very good. You know, Tommy Rowan got three from play. Jeff Nairi is very good. So, they were very good I felt the youth really did help them a lot uh, they drove 14 wides as well you know so Clara's 9, nine wides so that'll tell you the difference they gave away a goal they won by 4 and they drove 14 wides so for me they were, they were far, by far the better team And I suppose Clara will be disappointed the um, they never got going at all Martin you know you're at all obviously yourself um, I felt they were very static um, they looked very kind of leggy. There wasn't much movement in them at all. And the, the most important thing at the most championship is intensity and work rate. And I just felt they didn't really bring it. They played kind of very individual at times, I felt. Now, in fairness, Liam Ryan was very... Or not Liam Ryan, sorry. Liam Ryan is actually injured that's what I meant to say uh, captain so he was a huge loss for him straight away now John Murphy was in his place and John Murphy scored four points from play so that's all he could do to be fair to him and Paul Cody on the other side scored three points from play but after that you know Shane Thornton was decent Jack Langston was, was good and, and pulled back but after that it was just very individual and I felt uh, Greg ballack had the legs on him
1: Yeah I suppose when you look at Liam Ryan's absence uh, it was unlucky for him that he actually got concussed 10 days previously in a training session um, and that's why he had to sit it out and obviously he was after picking up a a heavier uh, bout of concussion as well earlier on in the season so they couldn't take any chances with him but he was certainly missed in the the Clara team but yeah you were dead right like you I I just thought there was very little movement with Clara at times in the game where you look at great Bally Callan and the forwards even the midfielders like they were so nippy and running around around the place but um, Bally Callen certainly were worth the, the victory in that one let's move back to Saturday then and everyone was talking about the fact that Ballyhale Shamrocks was playing Dane's Fort in a relegation semi-final and could Ballyhale Shamrocks actually be in a relegation final the talks was they were going to blitz Dane's Fort it didn't happen though Taggy because Dane's Fort played really well in that game
3: no, it certainly didn't happen. Um, credit as credit as you. James Four came out all guns blazing. Um, they came out with an intensity and a work rate and a, and a really good game plan, um, especially in the first half. Um, you know, they turned everything at, at Valley Hail, Shamrocks. Um, and as you said already, everyone was thinking they are going to win by 15 or 16 pints. You know, and, and that certainly wasn't the case. But I'll give you the halftime score was 1-8 to 8 pints. Look, there was only a puck of a ball in it. And, you know, I have to mention one man from uh, from Shamrock, uh, Colin Finley, uh, in the first half when uh, Ballyhael Shamrocks were struggling. He was uh, absolutely brilliant. And like Liam Blanchfield, um, Ballyhael Shamrocks to flying him over from Dubai. But he was worth every inch of that flight um, on Saturday even, to be fair to the man. You know, he, he was really good. T.J. Reid, obviously, very good as well. Uh, but there was a turning point in that game, I felt. In the second half, uh, Martin uh, Day fourth got a penalty and uh, Richie Hogan stepped up to take it and it was saved by Dean Mason and after that penalty that would have been bring, bring it back to a draw at the time but the save went down the pitch and uh, Shamrock's got a pint and then not too far later on TJ Reid caught a ball and put in the back of the it was, four, it was nearly a seven pint swing and that just sucked the light out of Dane's sport and it gave Ballyhead um, Shamrock of suppose, that confidence and I suppose they had that confidence from experience anyway and probably knew it was maybe going to come but you Know that that score probably would have given the tails up to, to Dane's fourth, and you know it would have made Ballyhale Hale maybe work a little bit harder for the victory. I, I think they're always going to win, but it would have made them work a little bit harder for the victory. Uh, but to, to be fair to Dane's fourth, you know, Cotton O'Neill uh, was exceptional, they got their man marking duties absolutely down to a T. Darren O'Neill was marking uh Adrian Mullin, I think it was. Cottle. Oh, sorry, no, Darren O'Neill was actually marking. One Cody, Cotton O'Neill was on Adrian Mullen. Uh, Paul Murphy followed uh, Colin Fenley, and then done was on TJ Reid, and they really did quite them. And it wasn't until their big name players like of TJ's, like the likes of Colin Fenleys, Adrian Mullen chipped in, in the second half of three pints uh, but it really was still revolving on the big name players. But credit is credit is due. James Sport threw everything at them. Um, Paddy Hogan's was brilliant in the goal, albeit made three good saves. So. You know, one of them could have went in as well. Just uh, got three long frees uh, from down the pitch as well. He was he was excellent, but um, good result in the end from the, from Ballyhea Sham. Two sixteen to fourteen points. It was uh, the shortest evening. It was getting really dark. You were there in the outside broadcast unit with wind and with rain, so it so, was so heavy conditions in general.
1: It certainly was getting blown around the place, the three of us was. Uh, the last game then of the senior over the weekend was the meeting of Mullanevath and Aaron Zone And Mullanevath coming away with a comfortable victory in this one, to be fair. Um, certainly Willie O'Dwyer rolling back the years. He was like a fella that was 20 years younger. The way he played, it was a joy to actually watch um, himself play uh, even again to bad weather conditions on Saturdays. They were atrocious altogether yesterday uh, in Dane's Forth with that one. But Aaron's owner now in a spot of bother because they're going to play Dane's Forth now in the relegation final, which is not going to be an easy one to call, I don't think, Taggy.
3: No definitely not and I was just kind of listening to the the Mullen Levat and Aaron Zone on the radio there I was actually driving and um, yeah William O'Dwyer and John Mulch and these guys really set up to play it but um, yeah look Aaron Zone, playing Dane's Fort in a two week time it's going to be a struggle Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of Aaron Zone this year by all accounts they're not going well look I I think it's two teams that are just look they're they're in their own right and when their backs are against the wall I think both teams can come out absolutely fighting Um, from what I've seen on Saturday evening with Dane's Ford they put, it, they put it in a really, really good display of Hurling. I've I was one of the best games in the Championship uh, so far. So they will be really, really hard best And there in zone, I know when they're in the corner, they will come out fighting. It, it'll be one hell of a game, I think. Uh, it's really, really hard to call it. And You know, i like the Connor Forkery there, you know, uh, Connor Delaney. These guys will not want to uh, go down, as will James Ford, Richie Hogan, the Paddy Hogan, the Paul Murphy, these guys. You know, it, it'll be it'll be a real battle. But I feel for both teams... They're they're kind of they're aging slightly. The, me, the men I mentioned already they're going a long long time. They're going 12 or 13 years. They need kind of a, they need a new injection of blood. And on both sets of teams, their sets of forwards are letting them down. If you look at the results over the, the last couple of uh, weeks, they are Aaron Zorn very low scoring as is Dane's Sport. So that firepower up front on both teams are lacking. But their defenses are pretty strong. So the, both of them are very similar. I feel
1: yeah well unfortunately time is running out on me Taggy uh, we'll go through all of the details for the junior, senior quarterfinals. I should say the senior or the intermediate semi finals and all of the junior games are all up on scoreline.ie after the draws last night but thank you so much for joining me on full time this Monday evening it was a pleasure having your company over the weekend for the matches and again this evening really enjoy it uh, well informed um, and certainly a man who enjoys his hurling uh, and we look forward to the rest of the next couple of weeks as well and see who we're going to crown as our county champions
3: absolutely thanks for having me on Mark appreciate
1: it no bother thanks a that was Taggy Fogarty there of course an eight time All-Ireland winner right I have a quick ad break to take when we come back we're going to start rounding things up on this Monday evening and we're going to announce this week's electric player of the week don't go anywhere full time on KCLOR. we with thanks to the full
0: range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahard's, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny lehartsvolkswagen.ie Full-time on KCL or your weekend sport in review with Martin Quilty.
1: Yeah, welcome back here to the last part of Full Time. Right, Owen Carey is in the building. He's going to be coming up with Fully Loaded later on. And don't forget, the wedding showcase is going to be on this Thursday, the 28th of September, from 5 o'clock to 9 o'clock from the Medieval Mile Museum. There's still tickets available for that. You just have to go on to kclr96fm.com forward slash wedding and book your tickets. Right, time that we get down to the last bit of business and it is to announce this week's Electric Player of the Week. So, roll, please, Maestro. The Electric Player of the Week in association with the ID range of electric vehicles at lahart Volkswagen Kilkenny. Visit leheart.ie. This week is Johnny Fury. This week's Electric Player of the Week is goalkeeper Johnny Fury after he produced three stunning saves in his size penalty shootout victory over Rathaville to send era Ogin to a Carlos Senior football final. Keep an eye out on KCLR socials after 7 o'clock this evening for your chance to win a €100 euro cash prize and congratulations once again to Johnny for more details. See sports website scoreline.ie Right, that's about it from myself this evening. I'll be back again with full time. Keep a listen out to what the matches are going to be coming up the weekend because I think we have nine in total plenty to get your teeth and ears sunk into and I'll review it all again Monday evening but for the time being enjoy have a good weekend have a good week keep dry and we'll see you next Monday bye keeping you in the game and in
0: the know full time on KCLR with Martin Quilty